Hello, race fans. Welcome to a new edition of the USF Pro Insider. My name is Rob Howden. It is uh, March the 20th. It's a Monday and uh, just a couple of days away from getting things underway for actually USF Juniors presented by Cooper Tires. It'll be their first weekend coming up at Sebring International Raceway. And one of the drivers from that will be joining me here today. Before we do that, uh, this is episode number 45 of the USF Pro Insider. We got our first event, as we know, in the books at the Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. But we do head, as I said, to Sebring International Raceway, the home where we had spring training uh, just about three weeks ago. Uh, March 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, a four-day weekend at Sebring, of course, coming off. Uh, the weekend of the 12-hour event there. USF Juniors, USF 2000, and USF Pro 2000 all on the docket for this weekend. The only time that all three of the series as part of the USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires will be at the same venue. We will see some mixing throughout the season, but but this is the only time that all three are there. And for the, the really reason is kind of logistics. A lot of the teams that run USF Juniors also run USF 2000, and they'll use the same haulers and potentially the same uh, staff as well. So it's kind of a better approach uh, to be able to have them separated. So Juniors will run on Thursday and Friday, USF 2000, Saturday and Sunday. And then on Friday and Saturday will be USF Pro 2000. So they're separate a little bit. It'll be an interesting weekend. But the bottom line is all of the drivers part of the USF Pro Championships will be in action this coming weekend at Sebring. Uh, USF Junior is getting things underway with practice on, on Thursday at 10.05. They qualify at 1.20. And then we'll have race number one of a triple header at 4.20. Uh, on Friday, USF Pro 2000 rolling on track at 8.35 for their one and only practice session. Juniors will race uh, their second race at 9.20 in the morning and then at 4.55 in the afternoon, race number three, where the USF Pro 2000s will qualify at 12.55 and race at 4 o'clock on Friday. Uh, a busy day again on Saturday with both USF 2000 now coming into the program. They'll race, they'll, they'll practice rather at 8.35 in the morning on Saturday. Uh, qualifying for Pro 2000 at 10 o'clock, they'll run their uh, second race at 3.30 and uh, then we'll see them again on Sunday morning. Uh, rather, no, they're actually done. USF Pro 2000 done. Their second race at 3.30. Only a double header for those races. And then, of course, USF 2000 will qualify at 12.25. They'll have their first race at 5.30. They'll do qualifying two on Sunday morning at 9.35. Wrapping everything up at 1.40. We're done by about 2.30, I think, probably on Sunday evening. So it's going to be a good weekend for sure at Sebring. Uh, we haven't been there since 2013 when the likes of Neil Alberico and Scott Hargo for Cape Motorsports were winning races back in those days. Uh, so again, it's been about 10 years since we've raced at Sebring. We'll have all three rungs of the USF Pro Championship on the docket this coming weekend. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you watch everything on the USF Pro Championships app. You can watch it on the website and the YouTube's as a YouTube channel as well. Now let's finally bring the guy in here we need to talk to right now, and that is Joey Brienza. He's unmuted his mic. I like it. He knows what he's doing. Uh, episode forty-five: A young driver out of uh, Golden, Colorado, eighteen years of age. Joey, thank you so much for joining us, but I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Really excited to be here and uh, excited to do this. It's been really interesting, right? We'll dive a little bit into your karting career and what you did coming up through the ranks, but you've kind of been waiting in the wings, ready for the shot at a full season, right? You've been with Exclusive Autosport for the last couple of years. You've run a couple of races here and there. You ran with them in the F1600 Championship Program. You tasted USF 2000 last year. You ran Sebring to start the season off and had a great run at Sebring uh, with some good pace there. But USF Juniors is your primary focus. You have to be really just really so jacked up to finally get a full slicks and wings championship program under your belt this year. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't wait. Um, for 
for you know my friends my family as they know me i'm extremely impatient and uh it's been quite the opposite with my car career it's been just patience 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 and trust the process so um i've been lucky that i've been surrounded by great people uh, obviously my family but michael duncalf's done a an amazing job just preparing me and getting me ready for uh, for the moment and you know for whatever challenges might arise but um yeah i'm i'm ready to go i've been like you said i've been waiting two years for a full wing season and um extremely impatient as it is so <laughs> it, it's kind of funny that uh that my car career's kind of been all about patience but it's good for me and um it's yeah. interesting, Joey, because, you know, there are a lot of people that come in, as we know, we saw Nikita Johnson win at St. Petersburg, just 14 years of age. And there are kids at 14, 15, 16, diving in to USF 2000. But I've always kind of preached that patience, the fact that you don't need to be 14 or 15 to be able to work your way up into IndyCar or whatever it may be. Uh, we saw drivers like Oliver Askew and Braden Eves and Kyle Kirkwood winning when they were 18, 19 years of age in USF 2000. So you don't have to be in a hurry. You have to be ready. I think that's more key. Um, and let's talk about that. 2021-2022, you focused on running in the FRP F1600 Championship, which is a tremendous program. Uh, a bunch of wins back in 2021. Tons of podium finishes in your first season. You dive into it, of course, uh, in 2022 once again uh, with exclusive Autosport. Tell me about your time in F1600. How much were you learning over the course of those two years? Yeah, um, I learned a ton. Uh, so I'd never driven a car prior to December of 2020 when I first tested with exclusive autosport and embarrassing story. This is really bad. Like uh, <laughs> the first time, so you have the garages at Homestead. So they kind of like roll me out to the, the pit lane and they just tell me to put it in gear. And uh, with the, the 1600, it's an H pattern. Yep. So never really driven an H pattern. My dad took me out in a Jeep for like two hours to try and teach me how to use a clutch. It went horrendously. And I didn't really know where to put the shifter. So I just said, first gears all the way to the left. So I cranked that thing to the left and put it in reverse. And I was like releasing the clutch and I went backwards. And I like hit the brakes. I was like, oh no. What have I, I like, done? <laughs> I was like, this is such a good way to start my car career right here. Well, you know what? Like, at, least you could, at least you could laugh at it a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, I was like, the mechanics are probably all laughing so hard right now. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Before we jump into that, I know we were going to talk about F1600. Let's let's roll in and step back one more step. You did a lot of karting as well. Obviously, started back in 2014. You got a handful of years in karting, but a little more than that. Uh, running in Colorado, you did a bunch of stuff running with Nash Motorsports. So you ran, you know, excuse the California Pro Kart Challenge, that kind of stuff. Give me a just if you, if you look back, it's obviously was a couple of years ago, but how do you look back at your karting career? And do you feel that you were prepared racecraft wise and mentally coming into car racing based on what you did in karts? Yeah, for sure. I really can't imagine going into cars like some people do with no karting. And, and that's not a knock on it, anything, but just the things I learned in karting um really helped and i i really think that's a testament to once again the people that i had behind me um you know starting with uh with greg welch at um well what was uncert karting which is now yep forward, forward direction, direction. I, forward direction, direction. Yep. Yep, yep and then um you know seth nash nash motorsports and Joachim ward and ward racing you know those three teams they really helped develop me into a driver that you know i am today and 
you know, really grateful for that. But, you know, each along the way, it was like a building block. So, you know, you got more information then you gained more and a bunch of new perspectives. And yeah, it really helped prepare me in, you know, a bunch of different perspectives, ways to race, ways to start, ways to attack and like tactically race that if I really didn't have karting, I don't know if I would have had. You know, I think one of the things what you talk about when you go car racing is it's it's into a new era or into a new community, right? It's a it's a new pressure cooker that you that is it's it's the same as karting to a certain extent because there are high level karting events that you ran in, uh, but all of a sudden you're in, a, in the car world and it's a little more uncomfortable diving into something brand new, uh, and not many young American or even North American drivers get a chance to do this. But you went, you mentioned Ward Racing, you got a chance to go race in Europe which I think is almost like that, right? You're, you you get comfortable racing in where you race, whether it's Scusa or Rock or or Rotax or whatever program you race in in North America, you get comfortable within that community. Then you throw yourself to the wolves over in, in Europe running in CIK, FIA events, WSK. Can you talk about your time when you went and did some racing in Europe and how that maybe kind of pushed you to get a little more mature uh, than maybe you were at the time? Yeah, it's funny. I even wrote my college essay about this, which did is- you really? uh, yeah. So when, when I went over to Europe, right, because I I'd experienced some success here and, um, you know, started to win some races regionally, get on the podium and really always fight for wins or top fives at least. So when I went over there, I kind of expected more or less. I mean, I was 13 and really naive as it was. So <laughs> I think I definitely underestimated it. You always hear Europe's a different ballpark, but I don't, I don't know how much 13 year old me really listened to that. I was like, yeah, I'm going to come over there. I'm going to, you know, show them what an yep. American can do. And then, you know, you get on the first track and it's practice one lap one and people are pushing you off track and you're like, whoa, whoa. What happens? <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 um, it took maturity and it took a massive adjustment. I mean, I had to like fully sit there and like at times of the season to be like, all right, we need to like really sit down and like digest that race and make sure what happened never happens again. Um, Cause it's just a whole new ballpark. And uh, you know, once I started developing some momentum in okay juniors, you know, I got thrown to the wolves again. And in my last race in Europe, I was put in okay, which I just turned 14. I was maybe five foot three, five foot four. I mean, I was little, I was in eighth grade. I was, I was just this little like immature kid. And I go on grid and I'm racing against guys like, you know, the world champ, Travis Anuto was there, yep. you know, Baganovich, who was my teammate, who's now killing it in F3. Sebastian Montoya was there, one of my best friends who's also in F3. Um, and you go down the list and you see just like F2, F3, F3 drivers that are just like, you know, even into F4 now. And um, it really shows you just how competitive that field was. And me getting thrown in there at 14 years old was like, whoa. <laughs> that's it, right? And again, so so that's what it's going to be like when you when you got tossed in from, from running F1600. You dove in and ran, what, three races last year? You ran the GP weekend in Indianapolis. You ran uh, Road America and you ran Portland as well. Uh, but there was, a, you know, you were running top 10. At, you know, your best, best finish is a top 10. So you've already, you've already been thrown into a pressure cooker like that. Did you feel like what you learned potentially running European karting kind of helped you out a little bit when you got thrown into USF 2000? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you definitely have to draw on those experiences, right? You know, you get thrown into the, you know, den of wolves once and it's new. You get thrown in again, you can kind of learn. But once you start getting thrown in a few times, you know, 
it you build off your experiences and especially going into something that new for me which was indie gp because i had limited testing in the usf even before indie gp so like getting thrown into that was really i had to go back to my okay um senior category days or one race where it was like all right there's a completely new category obviously circumstances are changed right but it's a new category there's so much you know i haven't done haven't seen and it was kind of just taking that one experience that i had and figuring out what i struggled with which i mean took a deep dive it was back in 2018 but figuring out what i struggled with there and then trying to implement it and obviously things are going to be perfect you get thrown into a new den each time but for me it's been just about like figuring out what can i do better what can i improve on and then just going in with like a learning mindset to yeah. soak up as much information as possible. That's it. Speaking right now, folks, with Joey Brienza, who'll be running in the USF Juniors program, going after the title there, and of course the scholarship uh, that he would be able to take to USF 2000 and 2024. Uh, as I said, finished fifth last year in the FRP F1600 Championship Series. Will run with Exclusive Autosport again. He spent his career with Exclusive Autosports. I believe the number 91 on the side of the uh, the wing of the USF Juniors car this uh, weekend, which will, of course will be debuting this weekend. And this is interesting. You talked about the patience, Joey, that you've had to show. You did a couple years at F1600. You got a chance to go kind of dabble and, and sample the USF 2000 car. But the, th that was all with the design of, hey, you're going to run USF Juniors next year. So the car has a little bit less horsepower. Brakes are a bit different. Uh, suspension's pretty much the same. It's So really, you kind of you went faster, but we're slowing you down a bit. But you were the first guy to drive that USF Juniors car, that Tadis JR23. You shook the thing down at Road America. Uh, I know you and I spoke. You said you, you really liked the car itself. Now, uh, again, it's faster than the F1600 car that you ran all last year, but not quite as quick as the USF 2000 car that you've been driving. What are your thoughts on jumping into USF juniors? You excited about going after a title? Oh yeah. Super excited. I mean, I think it's a really fantastic package. Um, being the test driver, I got to speak with, uh, the tech director, Daryl, and obviously for a little bit, Dan Anderson, and just about their goals for the package, even Logan at elite engines and, the goal always was to make it a smooth transition from, you know, USF juniors to USF 2000, because they didn't really have that in between class between yeah. like a 1600 and then up to downforce, but you know, between um, USF 2000 and it, it's a really cool concept. And I think they executed it really well. Um, I, you know, I don't have any bad things to really say about the package. It's, it effectively takes horsepower away, but you're getting that same same amount of downforce. The only difference in downforce is maybe you're a little slower in some corners just because your overall top speed is slower, but that's really in the flat out stuff. I mean, in, in all the corners, because I got the chance to drive the juniors car and the USF car back to back, uh, the official test at Sebring, in all the corners, it feels the exact same. Really, the only difference comes from the brakes. Um, yeah. And there's obviously been some damper changes and some upright changes that help alleviate the cost, which, you know, helps to uh, help get new people into this to fight for that scholarship to build up, exactly which, that. you know, I mean, I think they did a fantastic job with it. And it's, I think you're going to see a much smoother transition from these guys and juniors. And I think they'll be able to hit the ground running in USF much quicker. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, uh, again, we know that you're going to make the debut in USF Juniors here. Um, 
this coming weekend. Uh, your thoughts, however, on uh, St. Petersburg. You've got the three starts in from last year, but you only ran one race every every uh, event last year. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what you did at uh, at St. Pete. You come out of the gate, you practice P13, pretty happy in a, in, a, in a pretty good group of drivers. Qualify in the top 10, race one, you end up finishing 10th overall. Were you happy with the way things went for, for St. Petersburg? Again, I know you're not running the full season. You're going to run a handful of races, I believe, this year in USF 2000. But do you feel like you made a step forward from where you were last year? Oh, 100%. I feel like it's, yeah. uh, you know, I always hear you talking about could the driver this year beat the driver last year, and it wouldn't be close. This this year's Joey would absolutely <laughs> torch last year's Joey. Um, okay. So, you know, that's positive, but heading into St. Pete, it was a bunch of just tempered expectations, right? It's my, it'll be my first time on a street course. And obviously I'm not doing this all year. Once again, the patience factor comes in of we're here for experience. We're doing this next year. And, and I think all things like considered the, the goal was accomplished. We had a, we had a small mechanical and qualifying that's just, it happens Mm -hmm. and uh, it's part of racing, but you know, massive testament to the team. They went out and uh, ran back to the pits, got me a new steering wheel after my one shut off. And, uh, you know, Rod Scharf was the man that made it happen, man that let me qualify pretty much. And uh, that's good. Yeah, he, he, he was pretty he was pretty out of breath. I talked to him at the end of <laughs> the race and he was he, I think he was still recovering from it. But massive thank you to him and just the wholeness that you have at exclusive autosport that when you have that one issue go down, you can recover really well. And I think, you know, we were able to go from almost not even qualifying to being in the top 10, which was a pretty good recovery. And then, you know, a top 10 in race one. And then I was in fifth until another mechanical same wheel again, who knows what happened. It's, you know, a racing thing that just unfortunately happens, but you know, nobody can do anything about it. But so, you were running P5. Running P5. Yeah. So I, I was happy Solid. with that. I was, it started, there were a bunch of cars like spread out at one point in the race. I could see the top four ahead of me, but uh, St. Pete gets tight and um, going through the back session, I saw like two cars parked in the runoff and like one in the wall. And I was like, dude, am I in like second or third right now? <laughs> and uh, I was like, all right, I kind of, I don't want to think too much about that. I was like, let me just go out and execute my job and better, <laughs> control better idea. control. But uh uh, going down the front and I was like, damn, that'd be pretty cool if like I was in like second or third or even first right now. And um, I, I didn't hear anything over the radio. So I was like, bro, maybe I am. I was like, maybe they just don't want to like tell me that to psych me out. I was like, who knows? But um, that's funny. You know, I wasn't P5. And at the end of the day, we accomplished what we set out to accomplish, which was get experience and, you know, build momentum for next year get a good foundation. I, I would have to believe based on what you've done in F1600, the limited time you've had in a USF 2000 car, your goal, only thing for USF juniors is to win that championship. Yeah, exactly. That's the one okay. goal, one objective. All right. So let's talk about this. And in the off season, you did a bunch of testing of course in the off season. I asked this to Michael D. Orland, who I interviewed last week um, as well. Uh, have you been in the gym hard? Are you a sim guy? Have you been on the sim at all? Like, do you have a do you have do, you do I racing or have you have you been in the gym? You've been have you been hitting the weights and hitting the treadmill? So yeah, I've uh, definitely been hitting the weights, but also I uh, I'm a runner, so I run cross country and track. So I've been really focused on that as well. That um, I mean that's where I've seen the biggest gain, at least in my fitness. 
yep. is uh is from running i mean i'm uh i run a 451 mile at altitude um wow. i'm a 1734 5k guy so uh, 1734 in like muddy bad conditions um that's impressive i i think i think i could probably go sub 17 as it is now and um so yeah i'm a i'm a runner trying to you know we'll see what uh how it goes but yeah track season's coming up so i've been focused you know my training a lot on running but definitely have been i've been in the gym four days a week as well so really dedicated to not only just cardio but also like weights and that stuff and um as much for the sim i'm a very big anti-sim guy i anti-sim uh, whoa, whoa. anti-sim anti yeah i'm yeah. a i'm an advocate i think i think there is good in sims um and obviously like if you were to give me like one of those $30,000 sims, like the Delara sim, I'm not going to be anti-sim. Those things are rad. But yeah. um, I, I, I love driving off feel. I love feeling the bumps. I love, you know, just being able to correct. And that that's kind of how I drive. I use feel. Obviously, I use braking markers and that stuff. But yeah. feel is a big way of, you know, how I drive. So it's tough when you get in a sim and you can't really feel the motion of the car. You can't really feel little bumps and little stuff in the corner that might upset the car. So, you know, I enjoy the, enjoy the feel, but with that said, I know I said, I'm a big anti-SIM guy. There is benefit to it. You know, you don't know a track. Yeah. It's definitely good to get on the SIM. And valid, um, po valid point though, about the feel. Uh, that's one thing you can't get. They always say that, right? You can't, the wind's not rushing by you. You're not feeling it. There is a, you lose the level of feel when it comes to uh, in, in a SIM. There's no doubt. Yeah. But you know, if there, if there's any, like, you know, I don't know if I'm if uh, if this is gonna reach like the kids in carting, but you know if there is any kid in carting, d d don't like fully hear me out for that. Everybody <laughs> needs their own you know experience on the sim. So yep. do do the sim, go at it with an open mind, and even if you don't like it like me, there's still a ton of value to be gained from it. So just because one one eighteen year old says you know I'm not That's a big it. sim guy, <laughs> does not mean that it is bad in any way, shape, or form. So let's dive. Let's just as we wrap things up here, we're getting close to being done there. Let's just go a little, little deeper into Joey Branza. We know now you're a track guy. You got a pretty good uh, 5K number, a pretty good mile number. Uh, what? Here's one thing I like to ask guys every once in a while. Uh, first off, we'll, we'll go food real quick. Can you? I, I read on your bio that you that you could cook something by yourself. What's what's your when you cook? What can you what, what can you roll out of the kitchen? Dude, I'm a pretty good cook. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. I can. Cook I want. Some I want to hear this. Stuff. You wrote in, um, in your in your bio. It says teriyaki glazed salmon, dude. That's oh, solid. Yeah. Over yeah. over rice. Oh yeah, it'll be it'll be good. I can. <laughs> I'm good with pasta. I can cook pasta. The, the right. Italian in me um, is good with pasta. Can cook pizza, steak, really anything. I'm chicken. I'm good with chicken too. Shrimp. You got, you got, I love you're the master. You're a master pasta. of the culinary arts, is what you're saying. Yeah, for you know, for <laughs> at least for me, because we got to keep our weight super slim especially yeah. in juniors now for me, you know, obviously I get the experience, but I'm older and I'm, I'm 148 pounds and I still need to lose weight for juniors. <laughs> okay. Wow. So all right. to, to get to the goal weight that I need, I uh, kind of had to pick up cooking, right? Because, you know, my mom, amazing cook, my dad, amazing cook, but you know, they do the, the burgers and all, and all this type of stuff. So <laughs> You're eating I, like I be the, fettuccine Alfredo and yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, good we, we, good, we good in the Brianza household. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
What? Good to know. Really good to know. Okay, so listen. That so listen when you're at a track, uh, and let's say you got to go for dinner somewhere. What's where's Joey Brands going for dinner when you're at the track on a, on a race weekend? Are you are you being smart? Are you trying to eat something good? Where you know what's what's a go to for you? So during race weekends, I am always hungry. So oh, really? You, oh, I'm my hunger because you know think about it. We're burning. I've tracked it on my watch. I've had kids track it um, on their whoops, and uh, we burn anywhere from a thousand to twenty five hundred calories a day, like in that range. Um, yep. Obviously, saying you do a few sessions, but I'm I'm really hungry because of that. <laughs> so usually, I just I eat big. I like to have good energy going into the day um, yep. because that's more important for me, at least, to feel energized and feel good than to feel really starved. So you know that's big. Um, but if I get a say in where we go to dinner, usually it's Chipotle. I'm a big Chipotle guy. Chipotle and, guy. I'm uh, with you. <laughs> and that's the, uh, that's the bet I have with Michael. Um, if I win the championship this year, I get a $10,000 Chipotle gift card. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the bet. That's that it? is, that is true. You can text Dude. him and ask him. That is the bet. Dude, that's listen. That's a lot of Chipotle. Oh, I, I would, I'd go through it so quickly. I Maybe love Chipotle. Dude, that's fantastic. All right, listen, I'm with you on that. I know that Exclusive has Chipotle almost once a weekend, too, if they can, underneath the tent. Oh, yeah. I've seen it before. Oh, yeah, you guys are all over. All right, that's, Joey, that's... I, 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 go. See, seeing the Chipotle after having a good session is the stuff that'll make me tear up. <laughs> you, get, you, get, you get emotional. You get emotional. But it's it's so good. I don't actually tear up, but like, metaphorically. <laughs> metaphorically i love it all right folks talking to joey brianzer who'll run the number 91 for exclusive autosports in usf juniors this year he's got some some time in uh in the usf 2000 car talked about the fact that uh, finishing 10th at portland to cap off the season so there's a lot of good things in the future here for joey brianzer but the focus is on usf juniors this year uh joey let's wrap things up give you a chance to shout out some people any sponsors anybody you know that helps you out you want to talk about maybe you coaching, whatever it may be. And then let's make sure we get your social media in there as well. So people can follow you online throughout the year. So first off, um, I want to thank my family, uh, the people that support me through everything, through the ups, the downs, my mom, my dad, my brother and sister. Um, and then, you know, my second family exclusive auto sport, um, especially Michael Duncalf, Kim Duncalf and my engineer, Lou D'Agostino, um, just done a fantastic job of really setting a good career path for me. And, always supporting me, helping me through the ups and the downs. And it really is like a second family to me. And, you know, I speak, I can't say enough good things about the entire organization. And, you know, Michael and Kim are fantastic. I got, you know, in my opinion, the best engineer in the paddock. And I think that's, you know, a pretty common, common knowledge is Lou. He, uh, he can just say something or tell me to do something and it, it works. And same with the car. I can, Tell him I have an issue and it's always like 90% of the time it fixes it. And the other 10%, he just tries something and it, it doesn't work. And then he fixes it the next session. So, <laughs> Hey, listen, you know, having, he, ha having that level of confidence in your engineer, that dialogue is always something we talk a lot about on the, on the PA and a lot of the broadcasts is that it's uh, it's, it's part of the magic, right? We are able to have that dialogue with your engineer. Oh yeah. I, I trust Lou with my whole heart and uh, it definitely helps you as experience too. Um, I mean, the guy's been doing this for, longer than I think my dad's been alive, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, when you, when you have that experience, it helps. And then, you know, in terms of other people, I'd like to thank uh, Corpe, um, 
Cooper Tires, USF Pro Championships, and and um, yeah. Oh, li- little surprise one. Um, my teachers at school for allowing me to like miss so much for racing. I mean, I'm, good call. <laughs> I mean, not that not that they get much of a say, but like <laughs> I appreciate the willingness to work with me. Yeah. Maybe I'll show them this clip. I mean, I'll probably show them this clip. Just keep digging. As long as listen, as long as you got the marks, man, you're gonna be all right. You gotta have the grades. Right? Oh yeah, for sure, one hundred percent. All right. How about if they want to follow you on social media? What are the handles? What do, what do you are you on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? So my Facebook is Joey Brienza. Um, my Instagram is Joey dot Brienza. My Twitter is Joey Brienza. Uh, my TikTok, if you want to follow me there, is Joe Brienza. And then I'm just Joey Brienza the second on LinkedIn. What about uh, what about TikTok? Uh, D. Orlando mentioned that he's on TikTok. Doesn't put a lot on there. Is it is it going to be good content if I see if I check you out on TikTok? Is it going to be good? <laughs> is it good? I, I I think it's good. It's most of the stuff I post on Instagram Reels. Okay, too. All right. To be honest, right. it's a little That's bit good. of that. A little bit of uh, yeah. I'm I'm not a big TikTok dancer though. I, I'm not going to be I, dancing on TikTok. I do not want to see you dance, Joey, at all. Unless yeah. it's not, listen, unless you jump on, unless you jump up onto uh, the top of the podium at a race rat, and I'm getting ready to interview you. You want to roll a TikTok dance? I'll let you do that. Would Would you ever dance on TikTok? No, hundred percent not. No, no, dude. I'm 54 really? years old. I'm way too old for that. You'd go viral. I would probably go viral, but I'm not doing it. <laughs> Joey, but thank you so much, man. We'll see you in a couple of days, right? It's Monday night here right now. We're going to be there. Uh, a track walks at like five o'clock, I think, or something like that on Wednesday. Uh, and you're on track on Thursday and Friday, man. Excited for you. Excited for all the USF juniors. I do appreciate you uh, being with us here tonight. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. Thank you for having me on. Joey Brianza, folks, again, the driver, the number 91 for exclusive auto sports, going after the title in the USF Juniors program uh, here in 2023. As I had said before, we are on track March 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th. The juniors on track on Thursday and Friday. Uh, USF 2000 uh, on Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, the Friday, uh, Saturday kind of buffer between the two will be USF Pro 2000. The only time all year long, all three levels of the USF Pro Championships will be on the racetrack. Make sure to follow out on the USF Pro Championships YouTube channel. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, do that. The USF Pro Championships app. There's a brand new dock on there. Uh, that's uh, brought to you by Discount Tire. Fantastic. I, I watched it again today. I've watched it a couple times already. The Drive. Make sure you check, check out the mini doc. There'll be more stuff coming on that. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure the juniors will get a chance to play in that as well when we see them for the first time on Thursday and Friday. Again, thank you so much, folks, for tuning in to this edition. It is number 45 of the USF Pro Insider. I'm going to try to see if we can't interview every driver in the program here in 2023. Maybe grab a couple of staff members as well. I uh, can introduce you to some of the players of this program. Thank you so much for tuning in, folks. We do appreciate it again. On behalf of Joey Brienza, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.